5: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
4: My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Bit of background, folks. Fellow conspiracy realists, we are recording live-ish in our office today on on a beautifully British Friday morning. Yeah, man,
5: we're in the studio. This thing has under lighting. What? Yeah, the weather outside matches
0: the tone of Ben's computer, which is space gray, which is also appropriate for today's episode.
4: <laughs> Wait, aren't all of our computers gray? Uh, mine is
0: not officially space gray. Space okay. gray is a colorway patented by Apple. I think, Matt, oh, you also wow. have space gray. Apple. All, all My, the new ones they were Mine old school silver. Those are space gray.
4: Yeah. Okay, so the new ones are like uh, Ford Model T's, any color you want as long as it's black?
5: Basically. I think there's... No, there, were, there, no, there were three others. There was like there a three. rose one. Oh, and that's then right. And then there was like it's one like other a, one. It looks almost like bone. It does look a bit like bone. They're, it's all, very Apple. <laughs> they're all gray to me.
0: Oh, oh my Dude, God. I went to an Apple store uh-huh. at a mall the other day. That, mm. It looks like you're walking into a hospital. It's mm-hmm. just very clinical.
4: There's something about it that's a little sterile. Because stuff keeps breaking when I'm on the road, I've been in Apple stores in other countries. And get I say it's uniformly yeah, the same. exactly. That's how they like,
0: like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: and... Uh, We're talking today about looking at things closely. It's very easy to take things for normal and kind of sort of put blinders on, right? That's just part of being a human. But when is the last time you really gazed up at the night sky?
5: Last night? A couple,
0: a week, uh, (laughs) about a week ago. I just remember Mm -hmm. walking home. It was nighttime, Mm -hmm. looking up in my neck of the woods and seeing... Constellations and being kind of impressed by mm-hmm. my, you know, relative close proximity to a giant city, how well I could see said constellations.
4: Yeah, Daddy
0: lives a little bit more out in the in the mm-hmm. in the Boons
4: country
5: of the docks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I looked up, mm-hmm. took my dogs outside, and there she was, the Big Dipper, mm-hmm. like right, like I guess where the trees are. Mm-hmm. I looked up in the in the clearing of the trees, and the Big Dipper filled out the entirety of that thing. And my brain just said, "This is nice."
4: Beautiful. Yeah.
5: I've got
4: a a, um I've got a rooftop situation now where I'm currently living. And as um as a thrifty, brave, clean, reverent type dude, I love having a bootleg planetarium at home. Yeah. So instead of going out and spending money pretty often, now I will just go up to this place and hang out. And and like uh, most people in the world, folks, we live in or on the edge of a huge conurbation, a lot of urban density. And I love the point you're making about lights because a conurbation is just a fanci- our fancy way of saying you live around a lot of light pollution, a lot of noise pollution. Yeah. So even when we look up and try very hard to see what's going on, it can be difficult to see all the strange things in orbit and make no mistake, there is a lot up there, mm-hmm. especially close to Earth. Here are the facts. Spy satellites, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know them.
0: You love them. They, they keep you up at night. There's been songs written about them. At the very least, satellites. We've got the Dave Matthews Band. We've got the Counting Crows album. Was what it? What's it called? The, something. The satellites. What do they do to the satellites? Chasing the satellites. It's not chasing. It's not, They're chasing.
4: Not, chasing. They're not chasing them. They're discovering uh, them. Boinking, touching, caressing uh, them.
0: Oh, we're getting close, guys. Gotta find.
4: Harassing those. the satellites. That's not cool. I didn't say it was cool. I said that might be what they named it. <laughs> it's called, hold on. Oh, gosh. I just have to know. Because there's August and everything after. That's right. That That's a memorable title. It is.
5: Welcome uh, back to This Is Important, where we only talk about the absolutely <laughs> most important, vital... Recovering. <laughs> Recovering. I said discovering. <laughs> okay. Just, we had to put that to bed, Matt. We can't just let that oh, hang. Is that a Corona reference?
4: Well, it could be we'd have to ask Adam Duritz, but the uh, the (laughs) it's true that spy satellites are a real thing and they're kind of a conundrum right in the world of conspiracy because they're definitely real. They do amazing sci fi level stuff, but they're also definitely not as secret as their creators would hope, because as we've discussed in the past, you can't hide the fact that they're being launched. You usually can't. There's one case we'll talk about that's very interesting. You can't make these things invisible. Amateur sky watchers with just prosumer telescopes will be able to spot objects in the sky. And there, there are huge communities online that just track these things. Uh, and because there are so many in the sky right now, it might surprise people. I don't know. It's on the edge of where we could say this is a recent phenomenon or it's a surprisingly old phenomena because it dates back to like the 1950s it's when the u.s first started saying hey let's elevate our spy game
0: yeah Liter-
4: they- literally elevate i'm doing atmosphere jokes Well,
0: also spy
5: games are a thing
4: right wasn't mm-hmm. that a film yeah uh
5: yes mm-hmm. i think Has something like that uh but it does make sense because it goes back to rockets right mm-hmm. it goes back to operation Paperclip. Uh, it goes back to being able to actually keep something stable in a uh, well, often a geosynchronous orbit, right? Which yeah. is like twenty-two thousand miles above planet Earth. Hmm. A, a little, I think it's twenty-two thousand three hundred, something like that. Stable in terms of connection to Earth, or just in terms of it not in a like stable orbit. orbit. Like it, it
4: mm-hmm. won't decay as quickly. I see. As- even more importantly, that you can predict where it will, right, be, where at it will be at any given, point. given time. Exactly,
5: yeah. which means you can communicate with it, which brings along communication satellites, mm. all the things that we take for granted these days in our modern technology. It's because we can talk to something
4: in the sky. And if you don't care, if you're like, I'm a surface dweller, why does a satellite matter to me? I'm not a billionaire guy uh, interested in space. I don't work at NASA or the NRO it matters because these satellites make the actual world as you know it possible. If these things are gone, if they're all damaged in some sort of disastrous scenario, it's back to the Dark Ages very, yeah. very quickly.
5: Can we just talk about, like every other technology, satellites are a thing because of war or potential war 100%. or military, right?
4: Yes, absolutely.
5: Yeah. And was is it true the first ones were recon? like? The first satellites ever up there?
4: Uh, yeah, the very first satellite is Sputnik. Well, of course. Right. And that was. Uh, we sic- can do this. That was successful because it got there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it didn't stay there long. Yeah, the, um, the first satellites that we would consider like in a stable orbit were reconnaissance things. And they started because the US panicked. Mm-hmm. Sputnik launched. Uh, like, okay, uh, in 1955, the U.S. Air Force said, we got to make satellites. They're going to be reconnaissance satellites because we have to figure out what's going on with any potential enemy. And they didn't name this potential enemy, but it was 1955. Yeah, exactly. So my question
0: is, what does a reconnaissance satellite in 1955 do exactly?
5: Well, oh. well, that's that's the thing, right? Look. At your enemy's positioning because you're so high up, you can actually see their territory from a god's eye angle, I guess. Mm-hmm. And now you can actually see if there's a factory, what's coming out of that factory if your enemy isn't like concealing that it's
4: kind literal of
0: thing. satellite photography in 1955.
4: It's uh, it they get there, that's the idea because they didn't have you know the technology to electronically send good visuals uh so in after sputnik launches in october 1957 the u.s absolutely panics and uh they panic for good reason they take this project that had been kind of cooking on the back burner called the corona program and they put all the gas of uncle sam's military might behind it the first <laughs> satellites were called keyhole sa- series and they were amazing at the time but if you're if you're into satellites today, you look back at them. They're mids, dude. They used physical film cameras and they had no way to get the film back to Earth. Right. So they had to airdrop it and be like, I hope this shows up not in Russian territory.
5: And not burnt up because there was a flaw in the capsule. Or <laughs> the,
4: the, the, the pictures didn't turn out. They were yeah. blurred, we also hope know? the pictures are good. <laughs> yeah, Because like the, they would have yeah. to develop
0: them, literally, right? right. Yeah. Like
4: the um, many of us in the crowd are old enough to remember that sort of waiting game you had to play, right? Where you had a camera, a roll of film, or maybe even disposable cameras, and you would take pictures and hope it looked good. You would drop it off at your, I guess the old school ones, the photo mat, or your local drugstore. And then, you know, you would just spend a few days saying, "Uh, I hope it looked as good as they felt. Yeah, the viewfinder hopefully didn't lie. The viewfinder hopefully didn't lie. And that's the game Corona was playing too. Uh, still, the idea was always, this is better than nothing. That's been the impetus of all spy satellites today. Uh, you might be surprised to find that spy satellites are totally legal. There's the, the UN is like, we can't stop it. Like the UN is like the cool parents who let the high schooler kids drink booze at home.
0: Yeah, as long as you do it under our watch, under under our roof. <laughs> as long as by our roof, I mean yeah. you know
5: space. I'm just trying to I'm trying to understand how you could police something like that, right? I mean, if some if you're going to allow a country to launch a satellite, right, you would have to inspect each satellite. Never going like, to happen. Are there optics on this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> we talked
0: about that recently in terms of uh, nuclear proliferation, for example, mm-hmm. like the logistics of you know how difficult it is to police that stuff and to do these inspections and how people can hide and obfuscate those kinds of inspections. Mm-hmm. What was it in relation to? We did it. Uh, it was sort of a, an, an analogy. Um, it was a recent episode I we were can, talking
4: about uh, monitors nuclear.
2: It was about sure. it was about
0: Antarctica. It was about that's doing right, yeah. like research stations for military purposes yeah. in Antarctica, mm-hmm. and how there's no governing body that could uh, re- reasonably, mm-hmm. logistically, you know, pull mm-hmm. that off. Yeah. I think this is a similar situation, but I guess because the playing field's equal, because there's it's space. If you can get there,
4: go with God.
0: Literally, that's right? that's
4: kind of the best security measure against shenanigans in space. The barrier to enter space 100%. is literally so high high. i'm gonna keep doing these Twenty-two
5: thousand miles
4: yes (laughs) change uh okay so wait you're saying is is the outer space just some wild west sci-fi mad max situation kind of not really uh since 1967 all of the major space powers have agreed at least lip service to something called the outer space treaty its technical name is the Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States and the Exploration and Use of Outer Space, comma, including the moon and other celestial bodies. Is there a sexy acronym for that? Or no? Outer Space Treaty. T-p-g-a-say- okay. Yeah, to be Didwick. Okay. Yeah. David Lynch. It was <laughs> 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 right, right, right. Garmin pose yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But uh this whole agreement is a direct result of the Fear the world felt of the U.S. and USSR arms race. Nations of Earth were rightly worried that if they didn't get in front of this, space would become the new battleground for all sorts of nasty things. And it happened because the, the reason people got scared enough to put aside their differences and sign up is because of intercontinental ballistic missiles, which could just smack you from the other side of the world, leveraging outer space. And at the time, these things were invented no one could stop them.
5: Yeah. And they do go into space. They do. That is like the, the important thing. Mm-hmm. When you launch one of those, it goes way up, travels real quick, and then gets down to its uh, intended target. If, you know, the targeting system works, because as we talked about recently in our strange news episode, sometimes that doesn't work and
4: it goes way off target. The best way to stop an ICBM is to stop it from launching in the first yeah. place. Hell or high water. Which gets really, uh, I'll say, spoopy really quickly.
5: Well, yeah. And when there's also a fear in this time, in the the 1950s and 60s, that you could have a nuclear weapon Mm -hmm. up in space somewhere and your uh, enemies wouldn't know about it. And then you could launch it at any time. And everybody is thinking that that's a possibility, Mm -hmm. which is really creepy because it feels like everybody might be trying to develop it before their opponents do.
4: Yeah, like Khrushchev wakes up on the wrong side of the bed one day and says, you know what, I think California sucks. And then there's no way to stop it. Well, yeah, but but even I think just that mindset of it's better
5: to have it in place than not have it in place mm. just in case we need it.
4: And California doesn't case. suck. We're big fans. Uh, I think we're it's safe to say we're big fans of most states, right? In general? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. All right. There was a pause.
5: I was thinking about a couple places, but I'm not going to say. All
4: right. All right. We'll be diplomatic. And speaking of diplomacy, maybe we talk just real briefly about what this treaty in 1963, what it actually did, why it matters today, because there are a couple of important things it bans explicitly, but then there are a couple of loopholes. Correct. Um,
0: these key provisions include uh, limiting the use of the moon and all other celestial bodies to peaceful purposes. Sure. That tracks. The moon sure. seems like a peaceful p- place. The word celestial uh, it invokes feelings of serenity and peace, I would say. Sure. Surely we can stick to this, guys. We can all agree to keep things going you know, copacetic in space, right? Pursuit oh, sure. Pursuit of happiness.
5: But <laughs> the pursuit. in the pursuit of peace, we mm. may need a security force to, you know, make sure... Yeah. The peace that, police. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the peace, peace police love it. Trust, but <laughs>
4: verify security or peace through security. Yeah. Whatever it was they say in V for Vendetta. Yeah. Hey, guys, after all, aren't all war is just a means to peace I at mean, the end of the day? I think it's still pretty screwy that we call things the department of defense you know what i mean like how aggressive is defense before you're over the line of what that word describes we gotta call it the department of
0: smash mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah uh, we've also got the idea establishing uh, space as a freely explored and usable Space
4: by mm. all nations, yeah. So exactly. long as they can afford it.
0: Well, guess, yeah. to, your, to your point earlier, Ben, the barrier to entry in and of itself is its own safeguard against, well, not necessarily bad actors, but at least against actors that we are not aware of. Because if you're yeah. not in the game, mm. chances are you don't have the the toys that it's going to take to get there.
5: It is a shared domain, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Because and it it reminds me of the way I guess the Earth's governing bodies have decided to look at international. Uh, waters, right? And mm-hmm. oceans. Kind of that same deal. Like if it's not in your official territory, then it's everybody's. But it doesn't make sense to me because you control humans control airspace mm-hmm. like very closely, right? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. also control territories of water, you know, certain uh certain distance outside of their official land territory, mm-hmm. it does feel like you would go all the way up, basically, at some point. They're like, oh, that is this is Canadian space.
4: Don't come in here unless we allow you to. And then that becomes tricky because you can think of, like if you think of orbits as a series of concentric spheres, they're not always geosynchronous. Yeah. So the air, the space space uh, over Canada one at one point may not be the same space the next oh, point
5: can we can we we've done this before in another episode yeah. i don't think we talked about this episode geosynchronous yeah. right those words yes i well, would love a little clarification well it's it's synchronized with with earth the rotating right mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. earth rotating yeah. so when you put one of those up there it's in the same place relative to the ground
4: it's got a fixed latitude but not or no it's got a fixed longitude but yes, not fixed that's latitude it. That's, that's it that's it So, yeah, this is, and there's an art to making that. Also, uh, the Outer Space Treaty says, and just in case anybody gets squirrely, you can't land on stuff in space and say it belongs to you. Yeah. So you can't, like, okay, everybody have your little race to the moon, but it's not yours just because you had a flag. We know they knew about Terra Nullius. Yes, I was going
0: to say. <laughs> but, but again, you know, with all the conversations we had about Terra mm-hmm. and all of the, you know, the uh, domineering behaviors of invading forces over time, it really all comes down to your ability to defend your decision, you know, militarily speaking. Mm-hmm. Like if it gets to a point where someone decides they're going to claim something in space and they have the guns or the space weapons to, mm-hmm. to you know, put their money
4: where their mouth is, Who's to stop them? And that's where we get to the loopholes of the treaty, which are mission critical for our exploration. The treaty does not ban several things. It does not ban spying or reconnaissance. First, how would they to the earlier point? Uh, and secondly, everybody kind of low key agreed that they were going to sneak that stuff up there anyway. It, uh, it doesn't ban anything that vaguely qualifies as research. And research is a huge umbrella of a term. Uh, it also, surprisingly, does not ban all military activities. You can still make a space force. Several countries have. You can still put what they call conventional weapons in space. Mm-hmm. So, so just no nukes. 9 Basically, millimeter space cannon yeah. type thing. <laughs> you know, right? like a nice, like a glaive, yeah, like oh, a, a morning a star. A morning star,
0: perhaps. Yes, a battle axe.
4: Yeah, yeah, if you need it. If you needed your battle axe, you'd juggle a hatchet. Though, if
0: if the rules were, hey, violence in space is
4: fine, but we can only use hand-to-hand-to-hand hand, hand-to-hand hand-to-hand weapons. Yeah. Great. <laughs> right. And uh, it's it's paradoxical though that things that are so easily visible in the sky are the subject of such conspiracy and uh, secrecy. Still, well before the recent news about Russia broke, it was obvious to everyone there's a new space race afoot. As of 2020, which is now four years ago, one fifth of all the satellites up there belong to our military satellites and they are used for spying. So imagine satellites as the population of a country and one fifth of the people living there work for a spy agency. Dude, that's a good way to think about. I like it. That. Well, and and yeah, like, I don't know if I like that, but I like the analogy.
5: Well, like three fifths of them are Starlink satellites. Like seriously, mm. they've yeah. launched
4: so many mm.
5: in the what past decade or less? Yeah,
4: pretty recently. And and the we're going to see that this trend continues. Satellites proliferate because there's economy of scale. There's greater interest on the part of, frankly, billionaires, but then also state powers. And they're able to make smaller satellites uh, that are much less expensive. So, as a result, there are more satellites and there are more stories of strange satellites than ever before. Want to take a break for a word from our sponsor while this shoots across space? <laughs> this is Louis Satellite.
5: Oh, guys, the AT&T network is out again. Ah, crap! Ola.
4: All right, give it a second. There it is. Okay, Just,
5: just, just hit it a couple of times. All, All right,
4: right come back. break.
1: You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Here's where it gets crazy. All right, so for your average, like, war-mongering nation, not naming names, things get tricky when you get weapons in space because we said the Space Treaty bans militarization, but there's this massive gray area of definition between what's considered reconnaissance, like I'm just looking, or research, and just trying something, versus weaponization. I'm looking at ways to kill you, or I'm trying to see if there are new ways to kill you.
5: Don't look up here.
4: You keep your eyes on the ground, (laughs) amateur skywalkers, uh, or skywatchers. We'll keep skywalkers. So what we can say is that the majority of spy satellites, though they're shrouded in, Operational secrecy, and it can be tough to know specifically what they're doing. We do know their genres. they're usually they're like five general categories of of spy satellites that we know about,
5: yeah, and they're usually checking out uh, they're looking for signals mm-hmm. right of what could be happening on the ground and or checking out what those signals might mean, right? yeah, and, and they work together often, mm-hmm. so it's Not like one of these we're going to describe is just working independently. There's usually a system of satellites Mm. that goes, okay, we can give you this info from this one. We can Mm. give you this data from the other one. And with this one, we can see it.
4: As long as we, our agencies currently agree. Because they have turf wars all the time. And the Navy's like, nah, that's our thing though. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also it's like Dungeons and Dragons multi-classing. One single satellite can have multiple capabilities especially the newer ones.
0: Are there shared satellites?
4: Yes. Like be,
0: like, like that are space, space stations and things like that?
4: Yeah, there are satellites that are launched as a cooperative measure between a couple of different countries. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Especially given how expensive they are. And then there are ones where one country might foot more of the uh, budget. Uh, one country might have a specialized component where uh, they might operate it jointly.
0: Yeah, and and last thing I know, we hear sometimes about decommissioned satellites just kind of floating around in space forever, yeah. and adding to the debris belt, you yes. know, out there. What is the typical life of a satellite? Is it more about the tech or its inability to lo- to be updated or
5: upgraded? <laughs> um, yeah,
4: it's a lot of it's about a lot of it's about the tech, uh, the design well, of the of the thing, and sometimes the flaws in construction. Yeah.
5: Often, is amount of fuel on board. To be able to boost every Mm -hmm. so often at an interval Mm -hmm. to maintain that that, that orbit. And
4: is it a dummy satellite or can it reposition itself? Yes.
5: And as we talked about in Strange News recently, uh, once a satellite has lost all its fuel or its ability to boost again, it kind of slowly starts to enter the Earth's Mm -hmm. atmosphere, which could take years. That's right.
4: Yeah, it's like, do you want, and people bake this in, like, do you want your satellite to last 10 to 15 years, sometimes you might say, I don't want it to last that long because I predict that the technology will improve such that this will no longer be
0: relevant. So it's not exactly planned obsolescence, but it's planning for obsolescence. It gets close, yeah. And
4: and that's a good distinction. So what we're talking about- But just that
5: ERS-1 satellite, it's going to take 100 years for it to enter earth's atmosphere mm. and it's dead it, nobody can communicate with
4: it it's not doing anything well, we just, can
0: see what it's doing though we can track it over that hundred years to
5: make sure that it's not going to go boom
4: you yeah know? it's a it's a it's a rusting dead car in the front yard of earth
5: yes you could do nothing to it so if there is debris or anything that impacts it there's no way to prevent that kind of thing mm. and it's just it's scary and it doesn't work dead. it's
4: basically this This Pontiac is on cinder blocks.
5: And And we also know that space is
0: just absolutely lousy with garbage. Right. And much like, I guess, there's no singular agency to police what people do with space. Likewise, there isn't one to
4: keep us from ruining space. Uh, There are institutions that have been waving the flag for years and they're trying to talk sense into people. But humans listening to scientists, not the best track record. To be honest, I mean, they do. I I think the world powers, though, do recognize the efficacy of these things. Like going back to those types of spy satellites, you've got things that will just watch for missiles. That's the old school stuff. And then you've got stuff that will just take pictures, literal pictures of Earth from the top of the sky, survey level. And then the very scary, close look telephoto stuff where you think, oh, wow, can they really see? Uh, as dilated people said, the uh, the face of a dime from a satellite. That technology is on the way, frightening, and yeah, well, it's,
5: it's been whatsoever. here for a lot longer yeah. than yeah. we thing.
4: would ever imagine or publicly admit. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to ask,
0: too, I mean, you know, uh, like many things, this stuff, this tax starts in the military sector and then trickles its way down to the public or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we obviously have entertainment companies that have satellites out in space as well. But that's piggybacked on the discoveries and innovations of the military.
4: Yes. Yeah. And uh, when we say also not just entertainment companies, but telecoms. Yeah, right, that's what I meant. Exactly. Definitely broadcasting. And then, of course, nuclear explosion detectors. Their entire job is to clock stuff like the Vela incident. And yeah. they're pretty good with it.
5: Oh. And, and that is that is signals intelligence, right? That's more like you detect the wave basically of energy that occurs when a nuclear explosion happens. And mm. like um the people who created the satellite and the systems understand exactly what that looks like when you get a pulse.
4: Yeah, and then that's that's also related, right, to the, the radar imaging, which the Russians pioneered. Yes. Which is seen through cloud cover, seen at night. Uh, and uh. then SIGINT, though, to be honest, like, to your point, Matt, SIGINT's the big one. Uh, sneaking through, and maybe not interrupting, but eavesdropping on radio waves and other forms of communication, the problem is that the ability to eavesdrop gets you really closely to the ability to intercept, impersonate, to interrupt. Uh, and those are, <laughs> those are the things that keep people up at night. I mean, there's so much hidden history here. Uh, we shouted this out. Oh, I forgot to write that email back. But someone was talking with us about this. Uh, and we get letters about nukes in space pretty often, especially now. Uh, a lot of us aren't aware of something called Starfish Prime, which is such a cool wow. nickname. It yeah.
0: also sounds like a really fancy starfish steak.
4: There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the name of a the name of a new Guardians of the Galaxy character, or a right? Transformer, perhaps. Star Lord, yeah. Starfish Prime. Yeah, yeah. Transformer. Uh, so right before the Outer Space Treaty happens, all the big powers know it's on the way, and this is a true story. Somewhere in the Doctor Strange, Lo- Strange Love halls of power in the u.s someone was like well guys if we want to blow up some nukes in space we gotta to hop to it now while it's still okay yeah and a
5: nuke in space feels like kind of a weird idea it feels so american though well because you're okay just correctly i don't understand the science fully but if you launch a, a nuclear missile Well, above Earth's orbit, that you're outside of the atmosphere completely. Wouldn't it like be an implosion or something? How would it behave? It feels like that kind of low gravity. You don't have molecules that are existing inside to do anything. But if you do a high altitude explosion like this, then you can see, well, what actually happens on the surface of the planet above or below that explosion? Could it have effects on things like, like well, could it create a black hole or something?
4: It I mean, cr- I'm sorry, I'm being a ding <laughs> dong. No, maybe. no, you're right. And they didn't know. Mm-hmm. They were in an FAFO situation, as we call it. Like, they, they did not anticipate so much stuff. The Aurora Borealis that came out as a result. The uh, massive EMP. Like, the, this was... This was a weapon, and it blacked out radio communication. It wasn't a, a purposeful weapon, though. They wanted to see what happened, and I know it sounds like something from uh, Mister Show sketch, like the one where they decided to blow up the moon. Why not? Why not? It's there, right? Look, look at it. It's <laughs> leering there. Exactly. Uh,
0: I think it's so big.
4: <laughs> yeah, because it's the first satellite. Whatever. Uh, it did this starfish thing in Operation Fishbowl, of which it was a part. They did provide a lot of. Data that would become of increasing importance as space exploration became more and more of a reality. But it was just like Oppenheimer, de- Oppenheimer's team, I should say, detonating the first bomb. People didn't know. They didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, but it did teach people what to look for if nukes detonate up there in the future. So I, I don't know. That's like. So,
0: so there, yeah. there are questions around what the physical conditions of space would do to the behavior of a nuke
4: yes and they were answered um the best answer right now in the real world was starfish prime i see there are a lot of extensive like simulations and models that are probably cleaving pretty closely to the truth but that crazy thing classic u.s that crazy thing actually informs some of the better decisions that are being made today but the problem is Everybody wants a spy satellite now. It's hotter than Pogs in the 90s or Beanie <laughs> Babies, but everybody knows when you launch one. The streets are watching, and they're watching more and more closely with every satellite that launches. So you can obscure the abilities of your satellite. You can classify the specifics of its mission, but everybody's going to know when a launch occurs, and that's where we get to maybe some weird examples of... uh of satellite conspiracies. What do you see? Should we start like plausible and then go, go to the further end of the spectrum? Sure. All right. Cool name. Honorary coolest name. I think up there was starfish prime palladium at night. What do you think palladium gets into? Uh, well, (laughs) well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, palladium at night launches in September, 2009 we're not sure what it gets up to because out of all the different spy satellites, you know, the U.S. will usually confirm which agency is in charge of it. Is it the NRO, like most of them, NSA, et cetera, the Navy, or Space Force? To this day, the U.S. has never said who runs Palladium at night. If you want to learn more about it, you can call, it's called USA 207. Or Palladium, Palladium after well, dark.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: And this is from... Like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, nine, yeah, okay. So that's a little while back from now, but that's still well advanced into the satellite programs that existed and the technology. It does. Um, what did we already talk about? How the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Office, runs a lot of the satellites off,
4: off air. I think I can't remember okay. if I made it in, but yeah, National Reconnaissance Office.
5: So it does feel like that. That group, that organization that was only declassified, by the way, was mm-hmm. it is ni- it in the 90s when the NRO, NRO was officially recognized or they yeah. said, yeah, we're
4: this is a thing. They were like the U.S. government version of a cryptid.
5: Yes, exactly. A, a very secretive organization that only a few people had a need to know basis about, even mm-hmm. its very existence. Mm-hmm. But they're the group that generally controls. And let me say that again, controls the satellites that are in orbit that have a spy functionality Mm -hmm. or a, uh, let's say a close watch functionality. It seems like palladium at night would be controlled by this group, but are there other potential?
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to look up uh, Edward Snowden. Remember him? Sounds familiar. He's, uh, he's Russia's golden boy. I'm kidding. That's unfair. He had to take refuge in Russia uh, because the U S was out for him after After he released this massive treasure trove of uh, classified info, his leaks heavily imply that Palladium at Night, also sometimes called pick a name, uh, is run (laughs) by the NSA, and we don't know exactly what it's doing. Whomever does run it, again, never officially confirmed, but during the first five years of its launch from 2009, 2014, we're talking about repositioning. It moved around in different types of orbits at least nine different times, which is a lot. And each time, it moved to get closer to a commercial communications satellite. So closer to your AT&T, closer what? to your telecom. Yeah, just to sneak in. Oh, so, dude. Yeah.
5: That's totally NSA. I mean, that's what that's what we learned about. The NSA was doing it like the long lines buildings in these other places mm-hmm, where they're tapping mm-hmm. directly into the, the phone lines and the yeah. internet. Uh, wires and tubes, mm-hmm. but, but they're yeah. literally um, doubling everything that's going through and making a copy of it. So they've got their own stream. They're doing it with the satellites.
4: They could be. Wow. I mean, it could be monitoring for terrorist activity. That that probably is true, but that's also a convenient thing to say, right? Just like.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> say, is so creepy to me. Y'all, y'all are creeps. You hear me? You're over there just like, I have to see. I oh my god, a bunch of I have pervy. To see what they're doing. Oh my god,
4: their street name was no such agency. Bunch of pervy voyeurs, just
5: what they are. That's mm-hmm. so gross, y'all.
4: Mm, ah, yeah.
5: Get a dog,
4: <laughs> right? Get a get a hobby, you know? Play Baldur's Gate 3. Jeez. It's awesome, uh, it, it's awesome and it's also weirdly horny if that's what you're interested in. Uh, people still, as a result, aren't 100% agreed on what Pan or Palladium at Night is doing up there. But they're guessing it's a dedicated comm satellite for intelligence operations in enemy territory. It could be a relay station or relay center for drone operations. Uh or it could be and this is what my money's on. It could be a craft designed to spy not really on Earth, but on other satellites, including friendlies.
5: I would I would say you're on, on the money there, Ben. So. And I think this was like <sighs> Second or third generation of that of that kind of mission
4: mm. up there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, then that would necessarily mean that because satellite launches have increased, there is a newer model out there.
5: Oh, there is. Should we should we talk about that right now? Because I want think to? that's yeah. I think yeah, that's. Let's do it. I think it's directly related. Okay, yeah. uh, look up something if you are around and you have access to the internet. Look up something called Silent Barker or mm. NROL one hundred and seven. This is, uh, at least according to the NRO itself and the Space Force,
4: which is, again, a real thing. It really is. It's not an anime yet. Uh,
5: This is a (laughs) series of watchdog satellites. That's how they describe them, that Mm. monitor potential adversaries, not on the ground, not Mm. in the sky, in the atmosphere, not in the oceans. They monitor exactly what's going on in geosynchronous orbit. Mm-hmm. And these, these are a series of uh, satellites that have been launched. They're, some of them were launched in September of 2023.
4: Mm-hmm. And the, the government is a little open about it. And yeah. They're, they're, because they're sending messages. There's a PSYOP aspect to it. I
5: think that's exactly what it is. And actually, uh, who's this guy? He's the NRO director, Chris Scalise, I think is how you would say his name. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this quote.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Quote. The idea of the mission is to put a satellite in geosynchronous orbit and then to be looking at that orbital regime so all of it mm-hmm. and get a sense of what's happening day to day. We also want to know if there's something going on that is unexpected or shouldn't be going on that could potentially represent a threat to a high value asset either ours or one of our allies. And guys, it just we're going to get to it in, at the end of this but I think that is directly related to what happened very recently in 2024
4: it's all related i would say it's all very much related and also there's a i love you bringing that quote because i always have to chuckle when i hear the description like protecting high value assets yeah Mm -hmm. because that means and i'm not joking this is how this sort of stuff works that means there has been someone who asked for help and was told they were not a high enough value asset and they got burned.
0: I'm sure there's a more diplomatic way that they deliver the news to these individuals, as it, not to hurt. Their thank feelings. you for your
4: service. Okay, or here's something. A, here's yeah. a gold watch, <laughs> right? Or here's a here's here's a special compartment in your tooth. Jeez. Mm, I'm yes. kidding. Those days are yeah, done. Bite I down. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but so yeah, Silent Barker. They are being more public about it, and because also there's sort of a um, the. Buttoned up secrecy of old is not necessarily as useful as it was, because now the capabilities to suss out what's happening render that kind of skull and bone stuff increasingly irrelevant. Yeah. um, I I think just
5: the fact that this was launched in September of last year. Yes. So like pretty recently Mm -hmm. and its mission is to check out what's going on up there. And then we have our recent news about weird stuff going on in Mm -hmm. the in space. Um, Again, we're we're, just kind of teasing that right now because we're going to really get into that in a moment. But it freaks me out, especially when I think about our discussions of X-37B through Z and whatever else is going on up there with those types of craft and talking about those high value assets and then the capabilities. I do think you could probably connect dots to all of those systems to basically, I think. The United States is developing a sort of this Space Force they're talking about.
4: It's a net. Exactly. It's a web, yeah. There's also, like, car chasing. I don't think I understand. <laughs> what? <those. laughs> a net, a web, <laughs> what? In, what, in what respect? Uh, you know how, like, Starlink creates a, a a web to allow internet access. Sure. So this is a web of surveillance. It's the first step towards that, I guess. Yeah, least. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. very uh, good yeah. steps, too. But the, the car chase thing is, okay, these... Uh, the u s military's dis- dispatched this was ha- this happened pretty recently too uh the u s military dispatched satellites to track these two Chinese spacecraft that launched yes, and just like in a car chase situation the uh the the Chinese operators knew what was going on, so they went opposite directions what? right so like that's how like that's how you would do a good heist right yeah so they're and I'm not saying they're doing anything bad I'm saying that people are sensitive, everybody's starting to build their own web.
5: I I swear some of that world, Ben, is so much like winking at your opponent and going, I see that you see me, now watch this. (laughs) Exactly. Like we're talking
4: about with the conversations with uh, Uncle G and Joe Biden. Um, When you're in a conversation where both people know that they're lying about something, And they both know that the other person is lying, then what they talk about actually ends up being very close to the truth. Interesting. It's weird. I think it's somewhat unnecessary, but there are all kinds of reasons we don't run world governments.
5: I don't know that I've ever experienced that. Do you guys have you been in that situation where you're like having a conversation like that that's clandestine, I guess? Not to that degree, certainly. I mean, I don't know what. Maybe Ben's more likely to have
0: <laughs> moved in some of these circles. Yeah. But are you talking about like sort of saying the the loud part quiet, like just a, like a veiled in kind of jargony kind of yeah, stuff. Th-
4: think of like um, think of like all the you see it all the time in fiction, yeah. right? Like uh, one one thing that epitomizes a great crime thriller is when you have that dramatic irony of like. Um, Oh, you know what? A great example: De Niro and Pacino in Heat.
0: Oh, that's wonderful! In that dinner, okay. dinner and time conversation, light. yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're the a little buddies? more honest
4: about it at that. Point. Uh, okay, I,
0: I, I guess maybe one version of it too that I'm thinking is sort of mm. like mafia phone calls when they know they're being tapped.
4: Yes, that's stuff like that's that. that's a perfect example. Okay, yeah, Middle Kingdom court intrigue yes. in ancient China.
5: I got you. That makes more sense. I, I, because I'm thinking about like speaking in code and those kind of things. I'm trying to imagine that thing where people are being having that very serious conversation, like mm. in a diplomatic moment. Mm-hmm. When they're discussing those two satellites that you described yeah. going off in two different ways, and the U- some U.S. official was just across the table, like, hmm, I saw, I noticed your satellites had an interesting um, trajectory.
4: <laughs> We're grateful for our country's continued cooperation and partnership in space, <laughs> would be a, a yeah, valid right. response. You're right. you're yeah. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, our hearts always go out to the, uh, the poor scientists doing the actual science who, who are usually friends yeah. because they're the only people they know who are so into their very niche, rarefied activities, and they have to hope their parents let them play together, oh. which is a weird way to put it. Yeah. And with this strange Joseph Heller catch-22-esque kind of situation in space and on the surface we're going to pause for a word from our sponsors we'll be right back with a possible uh conspiracy within a conspiracy
3: it's the kia summer sticker sales event so give your friends something to look at like a BB and b with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase
2: of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace.
1: You can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: We're back. The Zumba Lodge. Not Zumba. I forgot what Zumba is. Also
0: not Zune. Remember remember that short-lived MP3 player? Yes,
5: or Zoom. That short-lived video conversation. I'm just joking. 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 Or
4: that uh, that excellent ad jingle. Was it, Volkswagen? Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. zoom oh. bitch. Zoom, zoom. Wow. what well, the no, 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 no. creepy
0: child whispering, zoom, zoom? You don't remember that?
4: We're talking instead about Zuma.
0: Zuma, not Zumba. Yeah, exactly,
4: sorry. And that was the same kid from Taste the Rainbow. Oh, boy, was <laughs> it ever. I see dead people. That kid made me so uncomfortable. Guys, yeah.
5: let's talk yeah. about this is the most intriguing accident
4: mm-hmm. that
5: I have seen in a long time.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah and we all drive on 285 regularly <laughs> uh we, we see a lot of accidents but not many compared to zuma so zuma uh is the street name for usa 280 it was launched by spacex on january 8th 2018 or spacex launched something on that day uh here's the conspiracy the most interesting conspiracy surrounding the zuma launch so our big problem if we are space spies is that everyone will know when we launch something no matter what we do everybody will see it because we can't make it invisible but they'll just know we launched something they'll just know we launched something so we can we can try to it under paperwork and stuff.
0: Well, you know, when we launch like a new spacecraft or like a mm. SpaceX thing, it's a big televisual event. Not so with spy satellites, well, right?
5: Sometimes it still is because the payload mm-hmm. is is That's hidden. what they
4: can classify. That's mm. what they can hide. They can't hide the rocket, but they can hide the, they can hide stuff in the trunk <laughs> yeah. is the best way to put it. And that's what X-37B literally does. But so here's the conspiracy. What if instead of um what if instead of just trying to hide stuff in the trunk and knowing that people will know when we launch something what if we fake a failed launch what if we fake the death of a satellite
5: so it's like a
0: interesting
5: wow so you get something up there you put out that to every, all of your um, enemies and allies alike, that you failed. So you've mm-hmm. got a secret, an actual secret spy satellite.
4: And perhaps small enough to be confused with debris.
0: Whoa. Or you could, you could uh, hide it aboard one of those larger profile experimental
4: launches. A pa- uh, oh, yeah, parasite satellite? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the time. Uh-huh. Pa- why not just
0: call it a parasatellite, by the oh. way? I mean, oh, if we're, if, we're, if we're coining new terms here, <laughs> sure. guys
4: yeah wait
5: is that you think that's a real thing? I think it, it absolutely is a real thing yes wow. it, it would be in their best interest yes, of course Because
4: what you can have is you can have like a, a component inside a larger satellite that has the capability to deploy that thing later yeah
5: Dude, maybe that's what the NSA thing was doing that we were just talking about, going around planting little parasites
0: on the satellites. And maybe this is a silly question, but um, how how physically large are we talking here compared to say a space shuttle or a space station? They're uh, they're
4: quite small. They have a probably, lot right? of variance in size. More like a drone. Nowadays a drone. they're going to be smaller. Okay, um, nowadays they're going to be smaller. Um,
5: the best example I can give you uh, from the one that uh the one we just talked about that fell to the earth. That one was. I would estimate the ERS. The ERS two. I would estimate that that was the size of. Gosh, imagine a like a sixteen wheeler with these big trucks, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine you cut that thing in half mm-hmm. and then put those two halves next to each other so they're um, in line. Does that make sense? So yeah. the width of yeah. those two trucks and then the length of half of those two trucks. Mm-hmm. I, that's roughly the size of and that's, that's gotcha. and that's oh,
4: pretty big. That is quite it's huge. It okay. huge. So
5: yeah, when I say a drone, too, by the way, I'm not talking
0: about like a personal, commercially available drone. I mean like those big military. You mean drones, like a UAV? Are, right, but those are still smaller than two giant drones. Like yeah, mm. but yeah, okay. the uh, okay, this is very yeah. helpful for
4: some. Well, also there's there's tremendous economic a- economic design pressure to make them as small yes. as possible.
5: Yes, and that that one I just described the size is. Significantly older, which means, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, Ben, as we're getting further and further advanced, they're getting smaller.
4: So, okay, so here's what happens: the official story. We know the NRO is in charge of Zuma and the satellite and the Zuma launch, but we don't know what it was doing. However, if you're playing along at home, let's just diplomatically point out the name of the NRO is the National Reconnaissance Office, so you can make some guesses. You make a couple guesses. You know what I mean. They're not there to steal cable or watch NHK for free, dude. No, but although it, I <laughs> I would love that because that would be a terrible plan.
5: Yeah. Okay. So the official story. Should we do? Do we talk about that yet? What What officially happened according to the sources?
4: Okay, so it launches. Yeah. But then, the uh, the satellite deployment fails. Right.
5: Yeah, and uh, at least initially it was stated that the satellite just fell back to Earth, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
5: But then the story started changing from all the different outfits that were in charge of the launch itself and who created the mm-hmm. assets. Is this the one that Northrop Grumman Northrup, created? Yep, Grumman. Yep, yep. So, like, Northrop's given a different story. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the NRO is just like, it, was, it didn't work. And then <laughs> somebody else was given another story.
4: And there were a lot of unnamed official sources in the mix, which is, should always be a red flag, right? Yeah. Uh, because that means that they got greenlit to say something, and they don't want anybody to be accountable for what was being said. Because it's probably disinformation, or it's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it could be a couple things, but none of them are very upfront or transparent. And also, it's interesting because there are like three main players: so there's SpaceX, North Grumman, and the NRO. NRO. Famously, not a talkative group. They're somewhat taciturn. And this is right before Space Force. Right before Space Force. (laughs) SpaceX, famously loudmouthed. SpaceX, all over the (laughs) place. In terms of their leadership. And because those are both private ish uh, industry players, SpaceX. say
0: ish because they're subsidies. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: SpaceX and Northrop Grumman both want to put it out in the public that they didn't do anything wrong. They held up their part of the thing. SpaceX is like, the launch was normal. We're good at this. We know what we're doing. And Northrop Grumman's like, we built it the way we were told to. We're good at this. We know what we're doing. Give us
0: more government contracts,
4: please. Three Spider-Men pointing at each other.
5: Exactly. But it really was the SpaceX, they used the term nominally or functioned nominally.
4: Yeah. And what does that mean? Sort of
0: as expected? Well, yeah. Yeah. But But not Great, but like sort of predictably
4: not super uh, positively surprising. Yes, yes, sort of, yes, yes, yes. But yes, yes. did what we thought it was designed to do. Well, I,
0: th- I think of nominally as being sort of a disclaimer almost right? nominally is
4: mids. It yeah, kind of is. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you.
5: So so what, what that means is SpaceX's rocket shot up in, you know, through the atmosphere to its intended altitude then it's and along the way it separated from the the rocket parts that have the mm-hmm. fuel in it that were boosting it up the boosters right right then once it got to the correct altitude it allowed whatever is attached to it in its payload to detach from the main mm-hmm. part of the rocket and then in 2018 is this when the rockets are returning to the earth at this point or trying to make the reusable rockets yeah i just can't remember if that's right in that window when the reusable rockets were happening or right before but Either way,
4: SpaceX is saying all of those mm-hmm. um steps occurred correctly, right, yeah, and so what what's happening here is that everybody involved is saying this is not on us,
5: yeah, well,
4: because it was bi- it was a it was billions of dollars, right, or a couple it was a lot of money it was a lot. you're right, Matt. the reusable the reusable piece of SpaceX and Falcon nine was already in play. I think that was like two thousand eleven or so.
5: okay, wow, so yeah. They're saying everything's fine. And it was exactly a billion dollars, or at least according to ABC News. (laughs) And it just burned up in the atmosphere according to the official story.
4: Yeah, so the NRO is saying, you guys ask a lot of questions. It's like every time with you people, just (laughs) move on, okay, and trust us. Peace through security and spying. And the odds are right now that Zuma probably did crash. We're not saying that out of some conspiratorial or skeptical bent. It's more that observers would be able to see some new addition to the sky unless it's designed to not be seen ben but if it's designed to not be seen then people would have already launched invisible satellites well what if this is the one man this is the the stealth
5: satellite they made stealth everything
4: else yeah yeah we should come up you know they're doing new flavors of coca-cola uh and
0: yeah did you see our buddy alex Alex, uh, Uh, yeah i made me think of that what's the word uh the testimonial video yeah
4: uh spicy raspberry or something Coca-Cola spice yeah Yeah. i i tried coca-cola dream and um it was just gross and Mm -hmm. you know to be fair they never said it was a good dream uh so that's what i get (sighs) but but like what if we had here's my pitch coca-cola stealth yeah Ooh, what is that? I don't want to overthink it Clear yet. Coca-Cola. <laughs> right, yeah, it's invisible. There it it, it, it just comes in a like clear It's an empty bottle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's, there's nothing in
4: it. Uh, hey, I, I know you've been drinking a lot more water lately. Good job. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank ben you. Ben is literally taking a
5: sip from a box of drinking water called Box water. water yeah. <laughs> it's better, apparently.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, That's also in the name. but I think
0: it's actually the full like logo.
4: That is, yeah. Um, they've got a little, that's a drop. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Or a butt plug. But the, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to see that spicy face. No, yeah, that's,
0: that's not too sharp. I think that's, <laughs> that's tricky that, for well, a can labeled as a high explosives.
4: It would C4, appear.
5: C4. Yeah. Yeah. C4 energy, midnight cherry. Oh boy. What well, makes it midnight? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's weird when people throw midnight and those things, exactly. but, um, Speaking of, that's still not the sketchiest satellite. I suggest we spend a little bit of time on something our longtime conspiracy realist will enjoy. Something we talked about off air. Uh, oh, for many years we did a video on this in our YouTube days. Black Knight satellite. What if the one most important spy satellite up there isn't man-made at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, who would have um... made it then? Who would have made? Who indeed? Well the roos, the kangaroos?
5: Wait, are we talking about the heat shield that's just yeah. floating around in space? Uh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's not what it is, you guys.
4: I mean Okay, so the idea <laughs> is that there's this these extraterrestrials got together thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, or indeed maybe millions of years ago, and they launched the satellite to Earth and it's been hanging out there in like a near polar orbit for twelve to thirteen thousand years now. And for one reason or another, absolutely everybody who can get into space, despite their differences, has cooperated to cover it up. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Pensive out breath. <laughs> I mean, look, Um, there is a documentary. I cannot remember the name of the gentleman that. Host this documentary but Mm -hmm. i was watching a clip of it the other day and i think i sent it to you guys i was like we gotta talk about black knight again (laughs) because there's an entire documentary on about this concept that you're describing Mm -hmm. that potentially some civilization at some point parked this thing up there as a way to monitor what's going Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. on earth
4: a signal to or whatever
5: again yeah in combination with whatever other technology we don't yet know about sure over a time scale that we cannot fathom right and it's it's just been that way forever um which gets my wheels turning i think you guys probably too like it, when you conceptualize the possibilities there yeah. it's exciting yeah it but, is but it's
4: probably not true It's probably, well, yeah, what is the truth, as the NRO would say. (laughs) We are living in a Mm post-truth society, my friends. So this is an example of modern folklore. Like, oh, it's been there for 13,000 years. Someone comes out and says, oh, and there are photos of it. Oh, and also... Uh, it's related to whatever my previous pet conspiracy theory was. Mm-hmm. So this
0: is like in the same vein as ancient aliens type stuff.
4: This is telephone game ancient aliens. Yeah, because people kept threading together the basic concept with pre-existing unrelated yeah. s- stories and then adding their own thing on the way. What we do know is the the big moment for the true believers occurs in um Oh, gosh, ISS. It was the STS-88, the first shuttle mission to the ISS. And they published photos. And if you look at the photos, you can see what appears to be a small black object hovering in low Earth orbit above the planet. And then, boom, it went all around the world. Uh, it, people, that, it's yeah.
5: December 1998, by the way. Yes.
4: Thank you. Yes. And uh, the idea was, boom, in one photograph, we proved aliens are real. They visited Earth. They've been interested enough in life to study it. But there is an answer to what it is.
5: Well, there's six. I think there's six. Yeah, there are six photos of this thing from right. different angles. Right. Which is, re- which is why we're, what you're getting to right now, Ben, that's why it's so important. This thing, the shape changes as the shuttle is passing by its location. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it immediately shape changes. It, the shape changes because of the perspective of the photo. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 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 Which, which means it. Uh, you'd have to look at it. I think one of the reasons they call it Black Knight Satellite, which this may be a complete uh, conjuring in in my imagination, but there's one photo that I swear it looks like Batman with the wings <laughs> with the wings right. out. Yeah. 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 I yeah. swear that's what it looks like. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the other photos, it just looks like this weirdly shaped, kind of curved on one side yeah. thing.
4: It looks like a regular space chunk. Yeah.
5: Or a piece of a chip that um, ripped
4: off or something. It looks like cosmic flotsam, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The That's because the answer, should you choose to accept it, folks, is that the satellite is indeed man-made. It's a thermal cover one of four that was meant to clamp onto a thing to prevent heat loss so it's like a, it's like a little jacket for a satellite component Cute. so, so it can stay lads. cozy yeah. Yeah,
0: and also appear dapper
4: Yeah, and they couldn't, the thing is on the spacewalk spacewalks are amazing and terrifying and pretty difficult, it's a high stress situation, so one of these four thermal covers got away and you can see the video of when it goes wrong online. It's just not as popular as the alien satellite videos. I have not seen this video, Ben. You can see it. You can see it. Courtesy of our friends at uh space.com, they link to it. Uh, and then you can also hear the commander of the uh STS-88 mission saying, Hey, I think one of those thermal covers got away from you, bud. And then they watch it go away, but again, they can't, it's not like you know when you have a piece of paper blow away on a sidewalk, you can't turn around and run after it. So they have to kind of like watch it go into space. No. Yeah, exactly. Very slowly reaching.
5: I'm watching the video right now and I'm trying to find this moment. I'm just, it looks like, and it's upside down from my point of view. So I'm having to turn my computer. Okay, this looks more normal. It's definitely astronauts working on the outside and they've got these things you're describing. Yeah, yeah. But they look way smaller then the object then the size of the object at least my mind mm-hmm. perceives in the photos from STS 88
4: because again the um, the perspective is so tricky yeah right? because it, depending, depending on the country. distance of the object from the uh standpoint of the <sighs> photography it'll look very big in comparison to earth or very small
5: but because of the resolution of the photographs and the resolution is pretty high it's on not the ones bad. that exist it's not bad it Feel it. The resolution of the actual object feels very um. It's like blurry, I guess, mm-hmm. and I don't. Oh, man, I'm trying to just think back through memory, but it does feel way larger because of the focus. Some for some reason.
4: Yeah, and it's sort of similar, I would say, to the face on Mars photos because of the the perspective that gets forced there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's not a one to one comparison. It is a bit apples to bananas. Mm. That doesn't make sense either. I just made that up. That doesn't. What I'm saying is, it's not a perfect comparison, but, um, but from everything we can find, the black sa- the black night satellite is or was technically a real thing for a minute until it went to the atmosphere and burned up.
5: Wait, do we know that that happened?
4: That appears to be the case. Yes. Uh, it was. Uh, it was called. They ca- NASA cataloged it. Uh, they call it. It was number 025570, and then because, you know, it can't adjust its orbit because it's space trash, Yeah, its orbit decays rapidly, and a few days later, it hits the atmosphere, burns up. Wow. Yeah. Dang. I was really excited. I thought it was still up there. It would have been cooler. It was still up there. What if it
5: is, man? What if this is another Zuma mm-hmm. situation?
4: Mm-hmm. What if this
5: well. thing... Was a spent panspermia delivery system capsule? You you, you lost me at panspermia. So
4: like buddy. a space condom?
5: No, no, not
4: a prophylactic. Oh, okay. What I mean Different is like panspermia. We're talking about. <laughs> like an <laughs> IVF kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. It gets okay. to
5: the like close to the atmosphere, releases its payload, and oh, then geez. it oh, drops. Wow. It drops in, and then call it a space load. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so drop well, guys,
0: I propose that we get Adam Durritz and the boys and Counting Crows on the case mm-hmm. to recover these uh, satellites. Recover
4: these spaceloads mm-hmm. Uh it's it's true though, because the again, like if you just look at the photographs as Matt's describing, it does seem really compelling. At least it seems so unusual that there must be something awry. uh however, that has been Pretty, pretty thoroughly debunked. We would, of course, love to hear evidence otherwise. If you've got something, uh, if you think there's something that needs more exploration, please let us know. Uh, we got a shout-out to X37B. Check out our episodes on that. Here's how I think we have to end, because everybody like us has been consumed with this idea as we were talking off-air about this episode and having some very, very strange conversations about Spy satellites that would later become terrifyingly relevant, a weird piece of synchronicity hit. Representative Michael R. Turner, a Republican of Ohio and chairman of the House Intelligence Committee here in the U.S, went on XFK Twitter, as no likes to say, and claimed Russia had a new space-based nuclear weapon designed to threaten the satellite web of the U.S. But he didn't say that at first. He did the worst thing. That the internet does. He did a vague post and he said, Hey, with Biden administration, you I, I can't say what terrifying thing is happening, but it's true. And you have to declassify it so that we can talk about it to the public, which is such a terrible... Like, you ever get the text where it's like, call me? Yeah.
0: I hate those. Emergency call. Oh, God, no. All right, boomer. This
4: oh, is just nobody terrible. calls
0: anybody anymore. It's, egregious. It, it's
4: like when your bank sends something and they go, we sent something to your email. Check your inbox, and you click on it. And it's like, hey, we just want to let you know we're your bank. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Wait, do you guys not FaceTime with anybody,
0: or like, yeah, 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 definitely. That's different, though, and that's something you do with friends that are very close or family members. But you get permission first. Oh. You don't just do it sight unseen. That's aggressive.
4: Nobody would FaceTimes
0: FaceTime. Oh well. Hmm. I, look, I literally only do it with my kid um, or someone that I've agreed upon in advance. To send someone an unsolicited FaceTime this day and age,
5: I would argue, is an act of war. I'm going to try it with Chuck later and just see I oh, love that. I <laughs> <He'll> love that. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, I'm going to do
0: it. All right, let us know how it works. <laughs> I will. He is a boomer, though. <laughs> see, maybe. So he, he, he might accept it as an act of love. Well, Tell him I? I? Say hi. No, I'm not quite a boomer. I'm not a boomer. I'm on the X. No, dude, boomers are old. Boomers are like grew up in the '60s. In
4: my soul, is what I'm
0: talking about. Uh, I see. Well, I'm
4: sad, guys. I didn't know about the wide world of FaceTime. No, no, it's literally
0: FaceTime with like my kid, and that's Uh, about it.
4: And so, current and former officials came out, and they said, "Here's the here's what's really happening." There is reliable, actionable intelligence that Russia is possibly going to violate the open space treaty uh the outer space treaty excuse me there's Open skies, mm-hmm. which Russia already pulled out of, and there's outer space.
5: Ocean- open skies is a thing where we monitor each other's nuclear capabilities, right? right. And well, Russia doesn't cotton no. well to being monitored
0: by anybody. Mm-hmm.
4: No, 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 no. It's a. They call the
0: Iron Curtain for a reason.
4: <laughs> they prefer a one way street when it comes to spying. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, most places do. But what they said here, if true, would be terrifying. It's the idea of deploying a nuclear weapon in space. This is, okay, this gets Russia in trouble with the UN, as if they care at this point. But even more importantly, this could be enormously dangerous for everybody on the planet. Yeah. And
5: this isn't starfish. This isn't uh, when we say deploying a nuclear weapon from, from space. It's not exploding it in space. It's shooting it towards the ground.
4: Right. Right. Uh, you know, pick your, pick your favorite menu item of disaster. Right? It could Uh, it could pose an existential threat to a huge amount of satellites. If it disables the satellite networks and boom back to the dark ages, it could deploy onto the surface, in which case we've already seen what happens with a nuclear detonation over a populated area. Uh, We also know that just like with shooting any satellite out of the sky or, or forcibly exploding them, It creates so much debris, and that debris creates so much more debris. Yeah. And we get really quickly into a feedback loop that could render space exploration just not feasible. Yeah, and it's over. And it's over.
5: You know what we need up there, guys? We need to build a new harp, but in space.
4: I like it, yeah.
5: Right? Yeah. I don't know what it would do up there, but we need it. We don't really know what it did down here. We really
0: don't. Exactly. Sent reptilian signals or something like that? Mm-hmm. No, Shai,
5: the idea is it shoots energy into, out, the into the ionosphere and then it goes in a trajectory of, mm. that's like an arc back down to a target and it can have effects, allegedly.
4: Allegedly. Check out our video and our episode on HARP. And if you used to work for HARP, hit us up. Let us know when you're in town. Let's go get some chicken wings.
5: That's the high frequency active auroral research program.
4: Yes. Yes. Yeah. The two A's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So there are also other things like we've proven one part of these conspiracy theories is indeed conspiracy fact. World powers do conspire to use space as a spying ground. But the thing is, they pretty much have to because if they don't, everybody else will. It's keeping up with the Joneses on a macro scale. And since the days of Corona, eyes in the skies have been a non-negotiable part of any military strategy. But then the idea of taking space nuclear means that it's a step further. Deploying weapons that have consequences we as a civilization do not fully comprehend is existential. It's an existential threat. It affects every single living being regardless of where you live on this planet. And that's the precipice upon which we stand collectively today. It's terrifying stuff. It really is. So we're going to end with some MeUndies ads. Gosh, I still subscribe to MeUndies. You guys know that? They're quality. It's good stuff. They last a long time. Mm -hmm. The last pair I got
0: had really cute llamas Mm -hmm. on them.
4: Ah. I just think me undies works because we're talking about such a thoroughly pants crapping situation. Absolutely, you and
0: uh, me undies literally—you can crap right in them. Mm-hmm. They're self cleaning.
4: When you crap your pants, crap in me undies. Uh, Oops. Let us—I <laughs> crapped my pants.
5: Yes, was <laughs> because, for- because because I'm wearing them, <laughs> and I just did.
4: So uh, let us know what you think about this. How much? Uh, of course, there are many things we didn't mention. One of those is the threat of. Um, the threat of defense industries magnifying uh, paranoia and fear because it's good for their bottom line. That's a piece of this, but I think this is also a, a real conspiracy and a clear and present danger.
5: Yes. What What is the thing we talk about all the time? When, uh, when there's an election, especially in the United States, but anywhere in any mm-hmm. country, when war is like, we're on the precipice of war, mm-hmm. war's looming, it's going to happen. Yeah. The incumbent president generally has a much better chance of continuing or to be reelected.
4: The devil, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So wheels within wheels, webs within space, uh, even though this is occurring in a vacuum, yeah. It's not really happening in vacuum. This is all connected, we posit. Uh we want to hear your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you. Tell us what's on your mind. We try to be easy to find online. Oh, we sure do. You can find us at the handle conspiracy
0: stuff or we exist on Facebook or we have our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. We also exist at that handle on YouTube, where we're rolling out new video content every week. Absolutely delightful stuff. You can also find us on X FKA Twitter. We are conspiracy stuff show, however, on Instagram and TikTok but way, have more
5: yes we have a phone number <gasps> guys ready yeah call 1-833 S-t-d-w-y-t-k. S-T-D-W-Y-T-K I love oh, that we're
4: bringing it back
5: oh good. man felt good felt that good. was deep in my soul a ritual and a half everybody I hope you did that in your car too uh, when you call in you've got three minutes say whatever you'd like it is a voicemail give yourself a cool nickname and uh, let us know if we can use your name and message on the air if you've got more to say and can fit in a three-minute voicemail message, why not instead shoot us an email?
4: We read every email we get at conspiracy at iheartradio.com.
5: Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call eight hundred three 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 four Kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include ten year one hundred thousand mile powertrain and five year sixty thousand mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
0: The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world.
1: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets